Warning, this episode contains brain food that will lead to improved emotional and social intelligence. Hello and welcome to our new short format servings of consciously prepared brain food designed to improve your mental fitness. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, your host. For more than 12 years, we've been proudly and consistently crafting Harvesting Happiness and sharing it with you. Each week, we spotlight diverse thinkers and doers who are contemporary trendsetters and change agents devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. We invite you to listen up and change the way you think about human happiness. Our award-winning content is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven media that promotes well-being from the inside out. Alrighty then, let's dive in. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. Thanks for joining me on today's show where you will learn about microdosing mindfulness, tapping into the power of awe. My guest today is Dr. Michael Amster. He is a physician and awe researcher, writer, and teacher at the UC Berkeley Greater Good Science Center. With 20 years as a pain management specialist, he is currently the founding director of the pain management department at Santa Cruz Community Health. A practitioner of meditation for over 30 years, Michael is also a certified yoga and meditation teacher. Dr. Amster splits his time between clinical work, research on awe, teaching mindfulness, and leading awe-inspiring retreats around the world. He is the author of The Power of Awe, Overcoming Burnout and Anxiety, Ease Chronic Pain, Find Clarity and Purpose in Less Than One Minute a Day, and What's so cool about this is we have him for about half an hour. Hi, Michael. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Lisa. It's so wonderful to meet you. And I'm a real big fan of your podcast. And I'm just thrilled to be here. Thanks for welcoming me to your show. Oh, well, I am thrilled to explore this subject with you because when we look at, you know, research that's been done over since the birth of positive psychology and the values in action or strengths strength-based skills that the happiest people in the world embody, one of them is awe. That's right. Yeah. I mean, awe is actually, in in my opinion, based upon my understanding of all the other research out there in the positive psychology world, is the most powerful of all emotions. People have said they thought of awe as the Gucci bag of emotions. Like, I'd really like to have <laughs> one, but I don't need it. But actually, what we've learned from our research, as well as looking at the research for the last 20 years from UC Berkeley and other researchers around the world, that awe is perhaps the most powerful of all emotions. And let's break it down. You know, let's go to the elemental definition of awe, because I know how I experience awe, but maybe others are like, well, I don't know if I've really ever done that. Like, I don't know if I've ever really been in love. Right. Yeah. So if we think about it for a moment, if, you know, welcoming the the listeners today to think about a moment of awe they've had before, and we often think of extraordinary moments of awe, maybe standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon, visiting Yosemite, witnessing the birth of a child, um, you know, watching an incredible sunset, having a wonderful hike in the woods. Those are all moments that really grab us in a very deep and powerful way. And from a scientific perspective, researchers describe awe in two different ways. Uh, one aspect of awe is that it gives us a sense of vastness. And what that means is 
it gives us a sense within ourselves that we're part of something big, greater than just our small, you know, individual ego self. So it makes us feel connected to whether you want to call it God or the universe or just the, the, the continuity of all vast life on earth for the last 4 billion years. And then the second way in which we look at awe as, a, as an emotion scientifically is that it does what's called cognitive accommodation. And that means that it shifts for a period of time, our sense of reality. So when you have those profound awe moments, you're like, huh, wow, it kind of just shifts your sense of reality. And what we've noticed is that from our research is that we can actually learn to build what we call the awe muscle, where we can change our wiring in our brain so that we can start to have these moments of awe throughout the ordinary moments of our day. We don't have to go to the edge of the Grand Canyon to experience awe. We can actually have them at home while having a cup of tea and enjoying the space in which we live. We don't have to go anywhere extraordinary to have profound moments of awe. I love this, the idea of building the awe muscle. Before we get more deeply into that, I want to ask you about your own experience. You know, what precipitated you researching this subject? Because it always starts with a story, right? Yeah, exactly. So I have been a big fan of mindfulness and meditation for over 30 years. And I got into it when I was in college. I always wanted to be a doctor since I was a pretty young boy. And when I got to the point of having to take the MCAT, which is the qualifying exam to get into medical school, I had a panic attack experience and I'd never had that before, but I, I was, I sort of freaked out my whole brain shut down. And I'm sure a lot of people that have had moments of anxiety, they can un understand and relate to that. And it prompted me to dive in, to learn about meditation and mindfulness. And I studied it for many years. And about 10 years ago, I became a mindfulness teacher trained at a place called Spirit Rock, which is a, a Buddhist-oriented mindfulness teacher training program that took about two years to complete. And I was leading a mindfulness group. And my friend and co-author, Jake Eagle, is a psychotherapist, and he also leads mindfulness groups. And I was attending a class of his, and he had asked people to do uh, a 10-minute meditation as part of this class. And most of the participants said they didn't have the time and they were too busy in their lives to actually commit to a 10 minute practice. And I had noticed that myself as well, where I taught hundreds of patients, in my chronic pain groups, mindfulness, and they all, most of them said it was just too hard to focus for 10 minutes to do a practice. So Jake and I came up with this idea of doing micro meditations. And I actually coined the term microdosing mindfulness. And microdosing is sort of the meme right now, looking at psychedelics. But yeah. <laughs> we got really excited with this idea of what would be that ideal micro meditation experience. So I flew to Hawaii, where Jake lives uh, with his wife, Hannah. And of course, if we all think about it, Hawaii is filled with ordinary awe. Everywhere you look, the colors, the smell of the ocean, the rainbows, it's just extraordinary. And we were thinking about designing the sort of ideal microdosing practice. And it was actually this moment where I was making pancakes in Jake and Hannah's home for them for breakfast, where I had this profound moment of awe, where I was, I stood there after I poured the batter and watched the pancakes go from the liquid to a solid. And I had this, what we call orgasmic. That's like that extreme level of awe where your whole body chills. <laughs> Yeah. And you almost start to want to cry. It's such a beautiful, profound experience. And here I was inside making pancakes when I had this experience. 
And like most people, when we pour batter for pancakes, we go off and we make coffee or we're making sausage or we're doing other things in the kitchen. And we don't just sit there and witness and watch pancakes turn from a liquid to a solid. But I had this profound experience of awe and that ordinary experience. And then from that, we came up with what we call the awe method. And we use the word awe and we created an acronym, A-W-E, which is a three-step process in which we can learn to experience moments of awe in the ordinary that take about five to 15 seconds. So after we came up with this idea, we did two pilot studies. Jake did one with a dozen of his patients, and I did one with about a dozen of mine. And we found profound results in a 21-day program that we created, teaching people how to cultivate awe in the ordinary. I shared this data with Dacker Keltner, who is the founder of the Greater oh. Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. It was amazing. And he's really the granddaddy of all awe research. You know, he he started the field in 2003 with his initial papers. And he said to me and Jake, he said, this is the future of mindfulness. In all the years of work that they had done, they had only studied extraordinary awe. They hadn't actually taught people or come up with a way to how to have awe moments in the ordinary, everyday experiences of our lives. And so from that came two very large, robust research studies that we conducted at the start of the pandemic back in uh, the spring of 2020. And in total between the two studies, we had over 500 participants and saw just profound results with improvement of mental and physical health. And we can talk a little bit more about the research later, but what really excites me is that we have a practice that we've created that is very easy, effortless to do. People that traditionally have struggled with mindfulness or meditation do this with great ease. And we have the science to prove that it works. Um, I mean, this is just a win-win in every way possible. So another way of looking at this process, it's it's also um, teaching people how to savor, you know, in, in very short bursts of time. Yeah, exactly. What we're asking people to do in the practice, and I'll just talk people through the practice here. I'm not going to actually lead a full practice because I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm usually driving the car, my car, <laughs> and I don't want someone to have an an epiphany or an orgasm moment <laughs> while they're driving. <laughs> yeah, while they're driving, that would not be good. But we'll talk through the steps of the practice, and and um, I would definitely recommend people consider buying our book, The Power of Awe. And what's exciting is we also have in that book thirty extended practices that really help you deepen your awe muscle and this, the power of the practice over time. But here's the basic three steps of the practice. So the A stands for attention. And so what we invite you to do is to bring your full undivided attention to what you appreciate, value, and find amazing. So right now, I, I know that you're sitting in your studio, Lisa, and maybe the listeners are at home as well. And in the space you're in, just find something that you value, appreciate, or find amazing. Maybe it's a piece of art that you were gifted or that you bought years ago, or it's a book that you've read in the past and just found so awe-inspiring, or it's a picture of a loved one and you're looking at that photo right now and thinking about them in a very endearing way. So you bring your full attention to that object for just a few moments. And then the W stands for weight. So you're allowing yourself 
I think of it as marinating or just being fully present with that, which you brought your full attention to, and you're going through a cycle of a breath. And then the E stands for a deep exhale. So you want to have a longer exhale than your inhale. And when you do that, you stimulate the vagus nerve, which is the master part of the autonomic nervous system, which brings us to that rest state where we're deeper healing and relaxation can occur. And the E also stands for expand. So you want to allow that moment in which you're being fully present to, to fill you up, experience vastness, let that experience get almost bigger than you. And that's when we have those chills or tingles, when we have those moments of awe, it's because that experience in which we're fully present with just expands and it fills us up to this really profound experience. And we feel it kinesthetically in our bodies. We're going to need to take a minute of a break and then come back to the awe with my guest today, Dr. Michael Amster. To learn more, please visit thepowerofawe.com on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as TikTok. That handle is the power of awe. We're talking about the book, The Power of Awe, Overcome Burnout and Anxiety, Ease Chronic Pain, Find Clarity and Purpose in Less Than One Minute Per Day. We'll be right back. Hang on, before we take that pause, I want to remind everyone about how joyful good hair days make us feel. Spring is just around the corner, which means it's time for a self-care reset. Way offers a complete hair care solution that promotes fuller looking, healthier feeling, and happier hair from the outside in and from the inside out. I'm a big fan of Way's hair care products. The shampoo, conditioner, and scalp serum have really improved the look and feel of my hair that's been stressed by time and hormones. I've made Way an integral part of my self-care routine for the past several months, and I'm seeing and feeling an improvement in my overall hair health. That means a clearer scalp and stronger strands. Way is an easy and effective go-to hair and scalp health regime because good hair care demands more than just styling. Treat yourself, your scalp, and your hair with the same attention you give to your face. Way's anti-dandruff shampoo fights flakes and soothes scalps. The detox shampoo gives hair and scalp a squeaky clean reset that cleanses away product buildup. Way's Scalp Serum is a leave-in product that can be used on wet or dry hair to soothe irritation by hydrating and balancing the scalp. Way helps to improve overall hair health with beauty-boosting ingredients that support thicker, shinier, and more beautiful-looking tresses. Go to theouai.com and use code HH for 15% off your entire purchase. That's theouai.com, code HH. Now let's take that break. We'll be right back. Research tells us that happiness is good for our health. Happy people live longer, are more productive, and make better partners, parents, and professionals. Connect on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and follow me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for nutritious helpings of positive goodness. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one. And at times, we all need a little support. To learn more about cultivating sustainable well-being at home and at the office, visit HarvestingHappiness.com to explore experiential online and on-site optimal lifestyle management consulting services, including recovery fortification and life crisis triage. 
And we're back continuing the conversation with my guest today, Dr. Michael Amster. We're talking about microdosing mindfulness, tapping into the power of awe. Let's get back to it. All right, Michael, let's get back to this microdosing of mindfulness. You explained to us about the awe method, how to do it. Let's talk about the benefits that we experience when we go through these very simple and quick practices that make us feel more alive. And I would say in, in, in sort of a flow state. Exactly. What, what people experience is that state in which their monkey mind, that kind of constant ruminating mind stops for a period of time. We become fully present. Our experience of time expands. We feel connected to the vastness of, you want to call it the universe, to God, to all life on earth. Our sense of self, our ego selves diminishes in a very good way. And we start to cultivate what we call pro-social traits. So awe is a pro-social emotion. And what that means is that when we have moments of awe, we become more kind. We become more thoughtful of other people. We are generous. We are more open-minded. We're curious. We look at the world with a new lens. We're with open, wide eyes of curiosity. Awe has many benefits in terms of our mental and physical health. So I want to share a little bit about our studies if, if, you, if we have a moment to do so. It definitely. And I also want to um, make sure that we touch upon the benefits to pain management you know, and how and why it works. But first, let's talk about the research. Great. Yeah. So we conducted two studies in uh, June of 2020 at the height of the pandemic. So you can remember that time when everyone was really stressed out. There was also the racial tension going on. And we had enrolled about 200 healthcare professionals, doctors and nurses on the front lines that were super stressed out with the pandemic and also 300 primary care patients. And we taught them the awe method in a 21 day program and then did daily measures as well as some longitudinal data collection. And what we found was that the awe method decreased depression by 35% in both groups, which if you think about that, that's basically the equal effectiveness of taking a pill or being in long-term cognitive behavioral therapy and asking people to just practice awe three times a day, which takes about 15 seconds to do. So in a minute a day, people were having about a 35% reduction of depression symptoms. Incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. We saw (laughs) um, (laughs) about a 25% reduction in anxiety. We saw a decrease in loneliness, which is really interesting because people were sheltering in place. They were alone. People were really felt lonely and experiencing loneliness. And yet the this practice, what, what it does is it gives us a sense of vastness and it connects us to something greater than the self. So people actually feel less lonely uh, when they practice. We also saw decreases in burnout, which is really important because for healthcare professionals, we want to make sure we, we keep our doctors healthy and well. And the awe method was helpful in decreasing people's experience of burnout. We also saw an improvement of people's ability to handle stress and de- increased well-being. And as you were talking about, we also saw a decrease in chronic health symptoms. And the big one is chronic pain. And as a pain management specialist, you know that's the big one that I was most excited about because I'm always looking for non-pharmaceutical methods in which we can help lower people's experience of chronic pain. These are all incredible statistics, amazing results. And especially when we look at pain management, I mean, I can understand how this practice works 
for us mentally, but the physical results are to me fantastic. Yeah. So there's, there's four ways in which I think about how the awe method as well as just awe in general as an emotion helps uh, decrease pain and, and improves the functioning of our nervous system. So first of all, we know that the way the awe method is designed is that it increases your vagal tone and that's the, the parasympathetic state. And so the way pain is processed in the brain, it goes through a complex circuitry, but when we are cultivating states of rest and relaxation and healing, our experience of pain decreases, right? If you think about it, when you're super stressed out and we're having a tough day, pain increases. Our muscles are tight. Our experiences of pain increases significantly. Our blood pressure is up. And so the AWS experience, the awe method, brings us to that powerful state of spaciousness, rest, and relaxation so that we improve our vagal tone. Secondly, awe reduces what's called the default mode network, which is the part of the brain that's that sort of self-reflective process. And when people are experiencing chronic pain, they often become quite self-focused and very ruminative of their pain experience. And the beautiful thing is that the awe method brings you out of that chronic state of sort of self-absorption and self-awareness of your chronic pain. And one really other neat, profound way in which awe helps, which I think is just tremendous because this is where the awe method and awe as an emotion is so powerful for all chronic illness, is that awe is the only positive emotion that lowers the most dangerous cytokine called interleukin-6. And interleukin-6 is a pro-inflammatory cytokine. It's cytokines are intracellular communicators that talk between different cells. And IL-6 is the big bad boy, which is implicated in cancer, in diabetes, heart disease, and other chronic inflammatory conditions. So when people have moments of awe, their IL-6 lowers. And this has a profound wow. impact on people's long-term experience of chronic pain. This is phenomenal. And, and you know, as you were talking, uh, the, the, the words that came to mind are outer referenced. You know, when you're experiencing a moment of awe, yes, you're in your body, you're fully occupying this vessel, but the reference is outward facing, right? So you're getting out of your own way for that period of time, which makes perfect sense why it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in fact, what people often experience when they have these all moments is what exactly what you're talking about is they're, they have a moment of being the observer of their experience. Like you, there's a step back almost that happens for people's experience when they're having these all moments. Now there's a big, a lot of people ask, well, how do I know if I'm having an all moment or not? And what is that like? And we talk about in our book that there's a spectrum of awe. So you're not going to have an orgasmic experience on a regular basis when you're having an awe moment. Quite often, and most of the time, your awe experiences <laughs> are going to be quite subtle. <laughs> I mean, sure, it'd be nice to have orgasms all day long, but <laughs> let's it be would. real for it. Would <laughs> we probably wouldn't appreciate them as much, right? If it's that, common commonplace, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, a lot of the times, people's experiences of awe are just subtle where you have this sort of slight shift of awareness or your visual field brightens, you just feel more of sensitivity in your hands, maybe touching something, tastes are a little bit more pronounced. 
Um, and so also what we find, which is really interesting, is that you can't force moments of awe to happen. And actually, when you put a lot of effort in and try to make awe happen is when it doesn't happen. What's beautiful about this practice is that it's effortless. And the more relaxed we are, the more open we are to just being present, these awe moments, they just come, they bubble up. And it's a practice that is that deepens with time. And the, the more that you do it, the more benefit you get. In fact, we saw that in our research, we call it a dose effect. The more times that you microdose awe throughout your day, the more benefit you have, which is just incredible. And this practice takes 15 seconds to do. You can do it anytime, anywhere. You can be at a red light and have a moment of awe. You can be at line at the airport going through TSA. <laughs> you <laughs> and can actually have you can have orgasms while in line at TSA. <laughs> I have I have had that experience, you know, where you might lock eyes with a, a TSA officer and they have a very human moment with you, you know, where you just you're connecting in a space that's not in the airport. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, we talk about this actually in our book. It's a practice that we have about having these interconnected moments of awe with strangers. And those can be some of the most profound moments yeah. where you actually have that human human connection. It can be with let's say the person who's checking you out at the grocery store or like you said the TSA agent. It can be, you know, just just strangers we meet on the street and having a really profound a moment of connection which is a moment that stimulates awe. I love this. I love this practice. I can't wait to go out and do it multiple times a day. It's kind of like, you know, the old fashioned gratitude practice, but on steroids. Yeah, it is. And what's beautiful is, and I would just, you know, I know we're getting ready to close up with our conversation, but is that awe is contagious. And so I really encourage people to, as you begin to practice this and you start to build an awe muscle, is a few things. One is you want to try to connect moments of awe to a habit you already have. They, people call that habit stacking. So if you, let's say, make coffee every morning, maybe open up to experience in a moment of awe when you're preparing that coffee, when you're when you're grinding, grinding the coffee beans, or you're watching the water boil, or you're, you know, you have that first taste or the aroma, you know, find a moment of awe when you're having something you do on a regular basis. And then share your moment of awe with other people. And this is something that we do at my home is that before we have a meal, we sit down and we share an awe moment. And it's amazing that when you share your awe with somebody else, that you, you're giving them a gift of awe. And then you inspire them to have awe and to find the beauty and the miracles and the ordinary throughout the world. And then finally, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to uh, uh, mention the spiritual practice, the non-religious spiritual practice of all of this, right? That it is about that interdependent, interconnected human experience. It does not require any denomination whatsoever, except one's attention. Yes. And, and that is what is so beautiful and so powerful about about this practice is that anyone can do this practice no matter what your your religious or spiritual beliefs are and it's so easy and it's effortless and we close our book with really 
putting a call out there of action because we believe that what is really one of the sources of some of these biggest challenges we're facing today in humanity, such as climate change, racism, political strife, it's because we've lost our connection to awe. Yeah. Awe is a pro-social emotion, which makes us more connected, kinder, and caring to others. And when we're in awe, we want to take care of each other. You know, how can how can we be in awe and and look at people that have different beliefs or different ways in which they look at the world or different names for God and want to kill them? When we're in awe of the natural world, we want to protect it. So awe is one way in which we can contribute to making the world a much more just, safer, healthier, and happier place for all life on earth. Love it. Talk about the future of, of research on awe, because we're, we are about out of time, but where, where are you headed with this? Yeah, this is great. You know, we are just open our enrollment for our next study, which we're conducting at UC Davis, and we're bringing the awe method to people that are struggling with symptoms from long COVID. So 23 million Americans right now are having a horrific time managing these symptoms of long COVID. And we believe the way in which the awe method works and how it changes the brain in a very positive way. We think it can really help people that are struggling with brain fog and all the sort of brain inflammatory symptoms. So if you're interested, if you know someone who is suffering from long COVID, please find us. We're at the UC Davis study page. We'll also put it up on our website so you can find a link to the enrollment as well from our website. Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. My dad's a long hauler. So I'm going to ask him if he'd like to participate in this. We're really excited to, you know, to just bring this out into the world and help as many people as we can. Well, this is amazing work. It really is awesome work. So I am going to take this Gucci handbag of emotions and go out into the world and seek multi-orgasmic moments and, and, <laughs> and suggest that everybody else does too. My guest today has been Dr. Michael Amster. You can learn more about the power of awe, overcome burnout and anxiety, ease chronic pain, find clarity and purpose in less than one minute a day by visiting thepowerofawe.com. And you can find Michael and his work on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The Power of Awe. Actually, Instagram is The Power of Awe book. Michael, come back and hang out anytime. This, this work is important and we need to spread this positive contagion around the world. That's right. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's such a pleasure to meet you and get to meet your community of listeners. And I look forward to a deeper conversation and one day getting to meet together in person and going for an awe walk together. Me too. That's the plan in a few weeks. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness today. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen on behalf of my guest, Dr. Michael Amster, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Please go out and rock your day and remember to be kind to one another. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime and anywhere from the comfort of wherever you are. Subscribe, listen, and share hundreds of downloadable episodes from our mental muscle toning libraries at HarvestingHappinessTalkRadio.com, Toginet.com, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about my global consulting services, please visit 
HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness is produced by me, Lisa Cypress Kamen, Andrea Mengeli, Robin Boyd, Andrea Daly, and the awesome team at Podfly Productions, including Eric Begay, Kimberly Beck, and Alec Gus, in collaboration with Toginet Radio, KBUU Radio Malibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange. 